Hi, this is Jim. And this is Bax. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. Everybody, please put hey. a thumb in the air. Hey, everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. How we doing tonight, fam? Uh, how we doing? They're, hey! They're, things are happening. I'm, I'm cold. They're actually good? <laughs> <laughs> Charlie just walked here like two miles because of an accident down the road. He's so committed not, to this podcast. Not two miles, but I appreciate the exaggeration. <laughs> I, it was like 69 miles in the snow. It's crazy. Both ways. Uphill, Uphill. barefoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's wild. He took off his shoes. I don't know why. He's being chased by wild dogs. <laughs> so uh, the Flyers are winning, and that's something, I guess. We're going to get into it. Uh, let's... We have a lot, kind of, so let's uh, let's just get right into it. Let's lead it off with returning from her Paris vacation, Kelly Hinkle. So did anyone else see that Michael Delzato for Luke Shen trade and think that they fell asleep and woke up in 2012? <laughs> I just, it tickles me. This seventh round pick. The seventh round pick. I'm so fascinated by the 2020 seventh round pick that was involved here. Like, like I, yeah. We can't do it without this year away meaningless thing. I really need to know if that was like a point of contention. Like we really, really need a super late round pick I, I, or we can't do this next trade. Next year. Yeah. <laughs> It, it blows my mind. I'm just amazed that Luke Shen is still in the league. It's pretty wild, I mean, he's right? not, though. He, he plays yeah. in the AHL. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I mean, he's got a couple NHL games this year, right? I yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He played some some with Anaheim, I think. My God. When Bill and I were talking Those about this earlier, it's a good thing Steph wasn't here because I said Sam Moran is Luke Shen. <laughs> so I don't it, understand why you, you dislike Sam Moran. Like, can you name two have. reasons? Over him. Just, just over like him. two reasons. I think that he, he should have been picked that high. And All I right, not his fault. Be very Nothing I know, about I, him. I know, but I, I mean, like, organizationally, I don't like him. No, you don't like him as a person. No, well, I don't. As it's a not player, personal. Yeah, as a, a player, player. But, like, he can't control where he was picked. So yeah. that's he that's not declined. an argument. Give me a hockey reason why you don't like Sam Moran. Can't pass. This is my hot take, by the way. Okay. <laughs> I just don't. I mean, I his skill set is just I'm big and large and I'll punch you in the face and I can reach far with my stick and, yeah. That's not his skill set. It's a lot of his skill set. It's some of his skill set, but <laughs> he's just... he's a really good skater. He's not a puck handler, but he's a really good well, skater. He's a good skater. I wouldn't say he's a very good skater for his size. Yeah, for, there we go. How he's like two hundred and thirty pounds. Like he's, he's a pretty a good dude. skater. For he's, he's a big dude. All like right. as big as positive as big. So I didn't know Michael hey. Delzato was still playing. Some people get by on that. <laughs> you can't teach size. You can't. <laughs> um, I didn't know that Michael Delzato was still playing in the NHL. I knew that they like wanted to move him, but I thought he was just like sitting at home. Has he actually been playing for Vancouver? Yeah. Has yeah. he been DJing? Good for that. I mean, I'm sure he's always DJing. I feel Their like games a... do look like can't raves on TV, so I guess there's got to be like a very large house music scene in Vancouver. <laughs> oh yeah, like, Vancouver's sure. like a fun city, right? Yeah. <laughs> there's got to be <laughs> from. The Athletic.com, Charlie O'Connor. So on the topic of trades, 
Uh, I've kind of been talking about this on Twitter today, but I just want to point this out that for all the people who just want Chucky two trades to just do something for the sake of doing it. Today was a perfect example of why you don't do that. Because when you when you back yourself into a corner where you have to make a trade to shake things up because clearly things are just bad and something has to happen, that's when you trade Nino Nita Rider for Victor Rask. That's that trade is amazing. What is that? Why it, it, it was bad. Happen? Like Victor Rask is not very good. <laughs> no, he's not. And, and like, it's not even like Nino Nita Ryder is a guy who stat people love because his underlying numbers are great. But even just looking at normal stats, like goals and assists, Victor Rask has been scratched a bunch of times here and has like no points. And Nino Nita Ryder is good. Like he maybe maybe he isn't as great as we in the stat community think he is. But I think everyone can agree he's good. Victor Rask is not. Also, <laughs> top great. top ten hockey name. We're getting. It's a good hockey yeah, name. I think yeah. it's also important to, to know <laughs> that it was not Chuck Fletcher that made that crappy trade for the Wild. Indeed. Yeah, that's true. There you go. In fact, Chuck Fletcher. One of the reasons why they fired Chuck Fletcher was because they felt like Chuck Fletcher was too loyal to the core of which Nino was part of. Oh, well, so great. <laughs> Outstanding for what I want. Uh, last, but we just want stuff to happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you just want to be able to talk yes, about stuff. I want to trade for Shed and Delzato. Oh boy! <laughs> Don't put that shit in the universe. Lose please. for you, baby. We'll get to that. But first, Woof. last but certainly not least, Steph is just D Steph Driver. Um. So first of all, in her All Star hat. Yes, I got swag from the NHL, show and that off, was cool. Show it off on the camera so they. Keep I already did. Shit. They oh, already okay. saw it. They already right. saw it. Here we go. I got swag. Um. I want more shit. Advertise. <laughs> How do you think I get all these hats? Um, so, what the fuck was I going to say before you made me turn around and face the camera? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Kelly brought me macaroons because she's amazing and the best person ever. Thank you. Um, I wasn't here last week because I have the cold that will never die. Um, but there was a lot. There was a lot of shit talk about Samuel Moran, and I'm here <laughs> to there? say there was. I know. And so <laughs> I'm here to say <laughs> that. You need six defensemen to play in the NHL. They can't all be the same type of defenseman. You I need a take, well-rounded defense. I would take six Eric Carlsons. I wouldn't, actually. I wouldn't take what? six. I wouldn't take six. What? I wouldn't no. take six. Maybe four. You would have the puck the whole game. Maybe four. You would Maybe always, four. You would always have the puck. No. You wouldn't no. have to defend. I wouldn't take six. I I, I agree. Four, maybe take five. Four. You, your, but you your need team Corsi percentage would be ninety two. <laughs> you need the penalty kill might. I don't know. He's pretty well good at penalty kill. Rounded defense. He's an excellent penalty yeah, killer. Penalty kill. All right, go ahead. Take my hot take. No, Whatever. Uh, take it over. It's, no, it's fine. fine. No, no. Made, I'm it's done. A good. It's a it's a point that created argument. I, yeah. You know, I like Sam Moran. I do don't you? think he's very good. I want to see him beat people up. What do I like? Violence. I don't want to see him beat people up. I want him to improve the penalty kill. I yeah. just I, I by beating people up. I'm not a no. huge Sam Moran fan, but I do want to see him play. Yeah. I I I want him to get 30 games to show what he can do. Oh no, I don't even I don't at this point I don't care if he's an utter failure. I just need his ass in the lineup. That's I just get in there, play, and I want to see cause, Hashtag soon. Yeah, we Allegedly. drafted you in twenty thirteen, dude. Like, do you know what was going on in my life in twenty thirteen? No. <laughs> I don't. I don't know that if was, I want to know. I don't think I remember. <laughs> it was so goddamn long ago. Six years ago? Shit. What the? F- we weren't even, we weren't working yeah, together we were, at that point. Sons but of Penn? I don't even think I was with Buzz on Broad yet. That's was, a very. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't even think I was with BSH right, at that so point. so I'm real Yikes. torn. I'm real torn, fam, and I need some help. Uh, I believe it was Charlie who, who proposed this to me last week, and I kind of blew it off. But of course, here we are. Carter Hart is looking good. 
There you go. Nolan Patrick is coming around a little. Simmons looks like he's getting healthy, as we discussed, was a possibility last week. JVR has been scoring. I think Limblom has been better. I think Jake has been better. So now here we are having won three of four, and suddenly I'm questioning if lose for Hughes is really how I want this to go. Now, don't get me wrong. I still think they need to move Simmons, move on from all the pending UFAs and anybody who doesn't factor into the future. But I'm not actively rooting for the opponent to score more goals than the Flyers on a nightly basis. But then that scares me into thinking, if I'm thinking this, Chuck Fletcher is too, and if they win a few more games, they're going to like trade Morgan Frost for Bob. <laughs> oh, and God. that really like scares me. So I don't I need counsel. Like how should I feel right now? I, and what should I want? I, I do not I do not think they're going to they're going to buy. Like mm. well, let me rephrase. I could see them buying, but I don't think it's going to be if they're buying, they're buying for players that will help them beyond this year. That if Mark Stone, Which is totally fine by me. If Mark Stone comes with an extension in hand, yeah. do whatever. Exactly. Sure. Exactly. Go for it. But if we're going to just go get some rental. Yeah, I don't see no, that. I, uh, no, thanks. No. Because uh, no. you don't. No. Like, let, let me take a look at this real quick. I had this number in my head, but then they played last night, and so I don't know exactly what it is. But So last year, I believe it took 97 points to make the playoffs. So they need. 55 points to make the playoffs, and they have played 47 games, so 47, so 35. They they can get a, po- a possible 70 points if they were to win every single one of their games. So they need to get 55 out of 70 points the rest of the way, which is 78% of the possible points. Ugh. That's not going to happen. Like, it's just it just ain't going to happen. What if <laughs> they get 79 for Carter Hart? Oh, oh boy. My point is, is that I think you can, I think you can, with a with a clear conscience, root for the Flyers to not lose every game, and still be be pretty pretty confident they're not going to make the playoffs, and be pretty confident they're probably going to finish in a worse enough spot that they're going to have a decent chance in the lottery. Because if you get the first overall, the the, the worst record, you still only have an 18.5% chance of getting the first overall pick. Yeah, like yeah. it kind of spreads out. So as long as you're in like the top six. You got a decent shot, or the bottom six, whatever way you want to look at it. Or, you know, 13. Or 13. That did happen once. I, I think that you can, f- like, literally feel however the fuck you want to feel. Like, I'm not going to question your fandom no. if you can't sit through these fucking no, no, no. terrible games. Oh, no, I'm not questioning anyone else. I am qu- I don't know how I feel. No, like, I, I was yeah. watching the game last night, so happy for Carter Hart, and also, like, fuck, are we doing this now? Like, really, three out? Like, I was yeah. having this argument with myself watching the game. Two, like, two games I don't know with how that- Tricks in a row. Like, yeah. where has yeah. this been so I guess the rest of the season? So, if you're going to ask, is this sustainable? Uh, probably not. I'm going to go with a, a big fat no. They probably won't get a hat trick. Yeah. So, I, so no. yeah. So here's another stat for you. So the uh, the Flyers would need 70, 78.57% of the possible points the rest of the way to make to get to 97 points, which is like the, the playoff threshold. The Tampa Bay Lightning, who are my, by far the best team in hockey this year, have gotten 78.7% of possible points. So they basically would have to play like the Tampa Bay Lightning over the first half and change of the season to make the playoffs. That shit ain't happening. And last I looked, the Lightning are right now on pace for like the best season since the 95-96 yes. Red yes. Wings. This shit like ain't that. happening, guys. Okay, so we're not. <laughs> <laughs> we're not, we're okay. probably not going to play like the 95-96 Red Wings, so I have nothing to worry about. So here's the thing, though. like You've been saying all the time that this isn't an actually bad team. They're just getting bad results. I agree, but they're not. They're also not an actually good team. No, I know no. that, but what if they they get to be actually okay, and then they end up like just missing the playoffs, and then we end up with like the friggin' 
they have tenth overall pick. The they've lost too many yeah, points exactly. in the first half of the season. They've just they could. I, I don't have the numbers up in front of me, but they could win out and still not be good. Well, yeah. I mean, they they still wouldn't be in a good position because the teams ahead of them are still going to be gaining points. Like there's, I don't think that there's a chance in the world that this team makes the playoffs. Yes. Oh no, I'm not it. talking about them missing the or playoffs. Like even I mean, sk- making the playoffs. I don't even think getting close is is an option. I think they're second. They're second to last in the league right yeah. now. I think they're a little bit above that because they've won these last two, and then maybe they're like third or fourth now in points percentage, something like that. But yeah, I wouldn't. I think if they if they play about what I think is their true talent level, which is around like. 95 to 100 point pace. Like I think that's about their true this team's true talent. Oh, level. 95 to 100. They're fourth. Fourth, there we go. Fourth last. Fourth by last. The way. <laughs> but I think if they're in that range the rest of the year, they're probably still going to finish with like the sixth or seventh worst record in hockey. All right. All right, well, and, that, and that's where they got Provorov. So yeah, like that's, that's not bad. That's uh, where no. they could have got Miko Rantanen. Um, oh, you're, <laughs> come on, Bill. I know. Charlie, <laughs> come on. What do I do? I needle. So let's talk about the good first. Carter Hart, I never thought I could do, love do, a goalie, do, 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 do. fam. Yeah, I never thought I could love a goalie. And my, I just, he makes saves. And how nice is it to have, regardless of whether you want them to lose for Hughes or you're just saying, I just want to watch watchable hockey for the rest of the year, wherever you fall, how nice is it to have a game like Wednesdays just because how many times have we just had to go, ah, hot goaltender, what can you do? Because yeah. that's what Boston, an actually good team, had to say about us, a bad team. Hot goalie. Well, they outshot us 42 to 19, I think. The attempts it wasn't were like, good. It was absurd. It was like 80-something like like to 30-something. 34 yeah, it was bad. I think it was exactly 50 they outshot oh, They out-attempted us by... We had 30 blocks. Like it was that's it's a good team win, but at the end of the day, Carter Hart just beat the Boston Bruins and yeah, their top did. line was was intact. It's not like it's the Bruins without Bergeron or whatever. It it, it was the it was the Bergeron, Marchand, Pasternak, Boston Bruins and Carter Hart just basically single-handedly beat them. Uh that's good. It's nice to see, uh, right? There's no chance he ever gets sent back down, right? I don't think so. Unless they're trying to tank. That's really, <laughs> truly that, that's the only the only reason why you send them down to this point is no, if you're if, actively trying to lose. You no, know, if yeah. it's the end of March and they're like still bottom four, do you send them down just to so, be like we're not gonna we're not gonna fuck I'm, this up in the last two weeks? I mean, my thought is your Stolars was just activated from IR today. Oh, was he? Yeah, and he was sent down to the Phantoms for a conditioning stint. That right. means he's gonna mm-hmm. be back. Right. But I think that I think Stolars' return means more for Mike McKenna than it does for yeah. Carter. You think they're gonna wave I, McKenna? They would wave McKenna. Aww. I think the, the the real question is gonna come in when uh when <laughs> Elliot, if Elliot can come back. That's where they'll have to make a decision. I miss you already, Mike. Mike McKenna. <laughs> I like that guy. Well they just don't they just don't have any they just don't have anything invested. Come on, man. Oh, Pickard okay. had a helmet too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but nobody liked Can, him. Well, oh, yeah. maybe no one will claim him, and he can go and play for the Phantoms. That's possible. That'd be nice. That'd be that nice. is possible. Okay. But it would be. It would have to. What, what would be going on with the Phantoms then? Him and Lion. What McKenna and Lion? Yeah, yeah. I, I is guess Lion so. Lion playing? I don't even. Yeah. Know. Lion, Lion's playing like every game. I don't know what's right. Yeah, I think he's the starter. Who's their other goalie at this point? Mm, some guy that I don't know from Reading. Warm body. <laughs> that I do not know. Uh, just, I was just. I was talking with my friends last night. Like uh, the only reason I'm still watching this season is Carter Hart. If they send him down, I'm never. I'm not watching for the rest of the year. It's like all right, one bullshit. But two, <laughs> two. I I understand. Like it would be to the people who do watch every game, and I know you can't let the fans dictate things. But to the people who do watch every every game, that would be a huge middle finger to send Carter Hart down at this point. 
I just don't know why you would. I don't. I mean, I think he's playing well here. I can see the uh, the case for either one. He's he's playing super well. Great. So let's go play super well with the team that is actually making a playoff push. Well, I think they'll they'll be down there for the uh, for the playoffs. I'm sure. Sure, but let's let's help get them a better seed. Because right now they're kind of middling. Like I, yeah. I get, I get it. Because this team is not going anywhere. So let's get him a taste of success before the reek of the Flyers gets all over him. Carter Hart getting shots. <laughs> I'm not saying that I would. I just see the the argument no, for it. it. Carter Hart getting shots from NHL players is more important to me than what the hell the AHL team. No, does. I get yeah. that too. But you're also the one who says Mike Richards got a taste for winning because he won the Calder Cup in the AHL. I, so I he won that? all of you the do. trophies. Yeah. yeah, he's won everywhere. every single one yeah. of them. I'm you just, say a lot of stuff, Bill. So my, <laughs> you, you delete it as you say it, as, oh, you, no, as we've discussed this. Yes. Well, all right, but, like you guys have heard him say that, yes? I I haven't, but I trust that he said it. It sounds like something Bill would say. All right. Carter Hart. <laughs> no, Carter Hart's doing very well. And yeah. I think what needs to be pointed out here is like, the guy's 20 years old. Yeah. Like most goaltenders do not make the NHL this young. And the fact that, the fact that I believe, and granted, it's very early. What I think he's played eleven games, so it's I not. Think last night was eleven. Yeah, so it's not as if we're we're one hundred percent certain this is his true talent level. But I watch I him, and I see a guy who I'm decently confident is like right now a league average goaltender. Yeah, and to be a league average goaltender at age twenty is really freaking good. That's I think I saw last night that he's the old, he's the youngest active goalie in the league. I mean that makes perfect he's sense. I don't know I, who would, I don't sure. know who'd be younger. I thought I saw that like glance ac- across the screen, but I don't have a DVR. Teams so don't rewind it. Don't use goalies when they're young. They just don't. Yeah. Like this yeah. is that's why it was that's what Hexall consistently said in the offseason last year is just that you know. Well, how many goalies have, have played in their, their first professional year? Everybody gets AHL time. And, I mean, we all kind of, you know, not laughed at him, but we're sort of annoyed. Like, why are you throwing cold water in this idea? But he wasn't wrong. Like, the general consensus in the hockey world is that goalies goalies develop late. Goalies need time with, with the minor league team. It's just that's just what you do. And the fact that Hart is already up and already holding his own, it feels like a really good sign about his upside because the, he's not – He's not a finished product. No. You watched that game last night, and his rebound control wasn't that good. Oh, God, it was no. just that everything else he was awesome. Yeah, yeah, no, he just was making the save, yeah. so it didn't matter. Yeah. But, yeah, no, he's definitely got holes in his game. It's mm-hmm. just you're looking and going, he had that bad start against Carolina, bounced back. He had the bad beginning to a game Monday. Uh, and then locked it. I mean, he never got comfortable Monday, but locked it down after that. Like, yeah, the second half of the game was, was fine. Yeah. Re- remember when people after the Carolina game were freaking out that, oh, my God, they found Carter Hart's weakness. He can't catch with the glove. That was that was <laughs> one of the funniest things I've ever heard. Yes, Carter Hart does not have a good glove hand. This is the best goaltender in junior hockey history has never had a good glove hand. This is amazing. Uh, we figured it out, guys. This is uh, so, uh, this is at the bottom of the outline, but since it's come up now, uh, our pal Kurt posed an interesting question on old on the old Twitter Who? machine on Wednesday night. <laughs> uh, it's an interesting thought exercise. If Hart uh, is with this team over Neuvert at the start of the season, is Hextall still the GM? I bet he. I I bet yes. So I disagree with the premise behind that. Why? Because. If I think if Hart is with this team at the start of the season, I think he sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, maybe he's may, maybe he's vulnerable. figuring maybe he's figuring it out now. But I think if he's he wasn't good in yeah, the AHL for two months. In the age, so right, like if he yeah. was bad in the AHL, imagine how bad he would have been in the NHL. Yeah. I just what if 
you just let him struggle, and then he starts to come around mid-November. Yeah, but his numbers would have been such garbage. I, 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 yeah, I don't think so. I am so glad he didn't struggle up here because look at what fans are doing to yeah. Nolan Patrick. Yeah, it would have been. Imagine, oh, imagine the I first can't. two months of bad Carter Hart. People would have lost their goddamn minds. <laughs> All right. I just wonder if he makes the team out of camp, there's enough goodwill amongst the fans that Hextall keeps his job. Well, through. the fans didn't fire. Him. Yeah, that the, the fans uh, didn't want Hextall fired. I mean, no. the fans wanted him Hextall to do stuff. The fans, yeah, the fans didn't fire him. The fact that he wasn't willing to make a trade or make a significant move is and he was mean. Well, <laughs> he was really mean to them, guys. That's why he doesn't have a job. I wonder if there's enough goodwill from Carter Hart that they would there's, stand there wouldn't have been the backlash that led to his firing. There wouldn't have been because he still wasn't making trades. Yeah, I'm, I'm with I'm with Steph. I don't. I just. Yeah, I mean the the theoretical point in that is that if Carter if they would have if Carter Hart would have started the season with the team and Carter Hart would have been this Carter Hart from the start, then yeah, probably probably Ron Hexel doesn't get fired. I just don't think Carter Hart would have been this Carter Hart in October because he wasn't this Carter Hart in October against worse players. And so let's move on. The trade deadline is approaching. Here I we am are. Ready. And uh Wayne Simmons looks like, as I mentioned at the top. He might be getting a little healthy. We talked about that last week, how this is going into next month is kind of the time frame that we saw with Giroux and Gostaspare when they had uh, similar core muscle surgeries. And all of a sudden, Wayne Simmons kind of looks like he can keep up in the league again. Super and appreciate that on his part. Yeah, he had his first, his on Monday against the Wild, he had his first two-goal or two-point game in, uh, in since October 16th or so. Uh, he followed it up with another strong performance and an assist on that uh, second Couturier goal last night. Is he coming around a little? I mean, it takes a year-ish. Um, this was around the time that we started to see Ghost and yeah. Giroux come back from their surgeries. Like, this is when they started to get hot. So mm-hmm. the timing makes sense. I gotta say, guys, this is this is starting to hit the Matt Duchesne level for me. Like the, oh, the, no. the talk about Wayne Simmons getting traded. I know that there's not much else to talk about with this team, but like we kind of know that it's a foregone conclusion. We don't have to. We don't have to keep talking about is it going to happen or is it not going to happen. Let's oh, just I, talk about what he's going to get back in return. I, I don't think anyone wonders if it's if it's going to happen at this they point. They do. I mean, he's, there's a lot of it. There's a lot of people. Uh, he's getting traded. I, my my chaos. What I want to see happen now. He gets traded. We get a big return. He is a disappointing stretch run. We get him at a big discount. July one. Oh, William. Oh my God! How fun would it be? Ah, Bill, you just no, thank What's you. a realistic return for Wayne Simmons? I mean, given that. Victor Rask gets you Nino Niederreiter. I'm I'm pretty sure it's going to be good. Yeah, that's that was. <laughs> I I really do believe that trade was a an example of Paul Fenton, who's the the new GM of Minnesota, thinking that Victor Rask is a lot better than how he's played. Which I mean, I guess you know we'll see how it plays out. If he's if he's right, he looks like a genius. But I just don't see any way he ends up being right about that. I always like that theory. You know what? He stinks, but I don't think he stinks. He won't stink here. <laughs> but. uh we're what, fun and good. What, what's a do, realistic? Do you think what, they need Andrew McDonald? <laughs> there we go. What's a realistic return for for Simmons? I mean, to me, a to me the like the realistic, optimistic return is a first round pick and a, and a solid prospect. The like, oh man, I hope they can get a great return is a first round pick and a good NHL player or 
a legitimately good NHL player. Like, if you do, like, yeah. a one-for-one type thing where you're getting back, like, a Kevin Fiala, like, that would be the ideal. Was talking about we that. talked about Kevin Fiala before yeah. we got here. I'm, I not saying, I, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm yeah, just saying no, no, that no. that's the kind of that's the kind of trade that I would love, that's where you're exactly. getting back, like, a Fiala or a Kasperi Kapit and, like, oh. a young player who helps you now and in the future for a guy who's leaving at the end of the year. Kasperi Kapanen is the guy. want a baby cap. Yeah, mm-hmm. Kasperi Kapanen is the guy I focused on during my post-game last night. I did mm-hmm. a marathon post-game last night where we just kind of talked about everything because, <laughs> as I said at the top, I need counseling on how to feel right now. Uh, but I just I'll read help. I read this article this morning, Charlie, on a fine website uh, called The Athletic. If hey, you've never heard, never heard of, it. of it. I work for them. Yeah, it was by, uh, it was by a fella. <laughs> is this true? It was <laughs> I think a, it is. It was by a fella named James Myrtle. And say, say what you will about Myrtle, but the fact that the Toronto media is already writing Please let's not do this to William Nylander. Oh God! I'm Tells me I think we can fucking steal William Nylander. There's no way you're stealing. Yes, him. you can. No. Simon no. to the first. I mean, if they had, if they had like it any other NHL GM, maybe. But Kyle Dubas isn't an idiot. Let's he doesn't see how to much power. Media. Let's see how much power Computer Boy really has. <laughs> William Nylander has a game with two assists and a game with one goal. That's it. it Through 17 since he signed. That's a first of all the one thing I want to point out about this article it's good you should read it. Imagine living in a place where like everywhere you go like William Nylander is the Wentz Foles discussion. That oh, would be God. so much fun to live in that hockey world. I know Charlie hates the Toronto fans, but tell me that world wouldn't be kind of fun. No, Maybe it, it would. It would it, be fun to be in a market it, where hockey yeah, is number one. Absolutely. It would be super fun. But two, I, after reading this article, like people are afraid that the world is turning against Nylander, I think we can steal. See, my I mean, I'd make the call. Yeah, I mean, obviously you're. you're and then if you checking. end up with Kevin, then you end That's up with Kevin. Yeah, and I, they, they like Simmons up there. Yeah, yeah, I I feel like Simmons. Like I don't think Nylander is even remotely on the table, just because I don't think they would have went through all the bullshit they went through just to up and trade him a we'll year see. later. Like I just don't see it happening. And if they would do it, they wouldn't do it for a Wayne Simmons. They would do it for a defenseman because that's what they so we desperately have one of those. need. Not a Radko Gudis defenseman. Gudis and a first. I'm talking like a Colton Pareko or something. Like a oh, legitimate, a yeah, like a legitimate <laughs> top four defenseman that everyone agrees is good. I know, that's but not I a would, Radko Gudis. I would like a team to trade their good players for our bad players. That would be fun. Yeah, it uh, happens all the time. I mean, it happened today. <laughs> it literally happened today. I remember when people thought Dale Weiss was going to be claimed off waivers. God bless. Everyone, I've been talking <laughs> to Montreal fans and they were legitimately like, let's do it. Come on. Montreal fans like Montreal Dale Weiss. Montreal fans love Dale Weiss. Yeah. There's something going on up uh, there. Yeah. <laughs> but, but again, the, the, the point I was getting at was that if you're talking about like Dubis getting strong arm into doing something he deep down doesn't want to do, I think that's just acquiring Simmons. Because I don't think Dubis I I don't think Simmons is the kind of player that Dubis necessarily loves. No. But I do believe there are people in his organization that are basically poking him every day and being like, Yo, Kyle, we gotta play Boston the first round. We need toughness. Get Wayne Simmons. Hey Kyle, get Wayne Simmons. Hey Kyle, did you call did you call Chuck about Wayne Simmons today? Yeah. Like that's where the pressure is gonna come for Dubis, where it's like get Wayne Simmons and give up something to get him. But I don't think William Nylander is in the conversation. See. I think a first round pick and a good prospect or a good young player is possibly what they would offer, especially if the bidding goes up. Because oh. if the bidding goes up and there are other teams offering good young players, then maybe you have to offer a you know a, a Johnson or a Kapanen or something. That's I, I'm all about Andreas Johnson. Yeah, that would be fine too. I, I would love any. I would take really <gasps> oh. any of their players. They hate they hate Jay Gardner again. Maybe we can get him. 
I mean, but he's a, no, he's a pending you. UFA. And he's basically we Travis Sanheim. Is there something wrong with having two? No, but... Okay. I mean, there makes a lot less room for uh, that other guy you want up here. Phil, Phil? Myers. Phil. <laughs> Maybe. Philippe. Uh, so, does it... Does anyone believe, since Steph brought it up a couple minutes ago, does anyone believe there's a chance they resign him, Simmons? No. I don't. I don't I think like I, a five percent. I don't think it's a zero percent chance, but I think it's highly unlikely, yeah. knowing the way Fletcher's GMs and the fact that it's still not resolved. Yeah, I don't think so. So I have to talk about something now that hurts me a little. Mm? Shane Gostisbehere. Mm. He just doesn't look good. Not great. He has zero or one shots on goal in three of the last four games. Um, he's got 15 games with one or fewer SOGs this season. It's like 32% of the games so far. He's never been over. He, he averages about 26%. <laughs> Was it easier to say SOGs than shots on goal? Yeah. Okay. It made him sound... Because uh, it's like shot pants. on goals as shots on goal. Right. I don't know. You know, it's I'm th- just it's, laughing at it's you. It's hard it's to okay. pluralize. Like last year, he went... 20, about a quarter of his games. Now he's at a third of his games where he doesn't, where he has one or fewer shots. That is his value. Like, say what you will about him developing and all that as a defensive player and every. His value is creating scoring chances. If he's not doing that, what is he doing? Like, what is wrong with Shane Goss's pair? Is he hurt? Is it just a bad year? What do we know? And what is everyone else seeing? Because I'm just seeing a guy who's nowhere near as. Like, he looks less effective than his bad year two years ago. Yeah, I don't understand what's going on with him. I think it's, you know, I said this two years ago. The whole fucking team sucks. The whole team sucks. So, yes, we can point out individual players because we should be. That's our job. But they're all having a down year. This, but the, the top-end guys are getting their numbers. Are they, though? Because he's a top-end guy and he's not. Exactly. It's While the rest of the team sucks, Wayne Simmons is going to get Wayne Simmons goals. Claude Giroux is putting up Claude Giroux-like points totals. Well, Giroux is actually playing well. Yeah. JVR, while he missed some time, his goal total is about where it should be. Voracek? Like, do we do we want to say good things about Voracek? Is I'll that allowed? Some good I mean, po- points, points-wise, he's kind of there. It's just yeah. everything else that hasn't been. Yeah, Voracek's points are down a little, but he's still producing. In his last two games, I thought he was great, and I'm an anti-Voracek guy at this point. I have to check the, the fan bylaws to see if we can say nice things about Jake Voracek. I'm not sure. <laughs> Charlie pointed it out. I was very complimentary towards Jake Voracek the last two nights. When he plays well and it's warranted, I compliment him. When I see him not moving his feet, I go, move your fucking feet, lazy. Well, it's just that you know now that now I'm sure he doesn't see that criticism because I'm sure you were blocked like years <laughs> oh, ago. Oh, I've been blocked. <laughs> oh, yeah, he doesn't see a damn thing, which is fine. I don't. Yo, if you score 88 points again, you can block. You can punch me in the face when you see me, dude. <laughs> if we're if I'm out in Old City and you see me, you can come up and hit me. I don't give a shit. So like you Jake hear that, Jake? So so going back to uh, you just need to score 80 or more points. Going back Go ahead, to uh, to Ghost, I. I 100% think this is a confidence issue. 100%. Yeah. I, I just, I just really, the fact that he's not shooting and when he does shoot, it's not on net. Oh my God. Like it's just, this just strikes me as a guy who just is overthinking everything with the puck. And the funny thing is, is that it's not like his play without the puck. Like his play without the puck is never going to be great. That's just no. not, but I don't think his play without the puck has been noticeably worse than it's been in other years. It's just his play with the puck has been really bad. And that, like, you don't just forget how to be really good with the puck when you're a guy with as much skill as Shane Goss's bear. So I have to believe it's a confidence thing. And I also have a theory with Ghost 
and we've talked about this on the show before, that he's he's a very emotional guy. Like, he plays with an edge. And not talking about, like, hitting people, but he he kind of... He's the kind of guy who sort of rides the wave. Yes. Like, when, when, when a team is rolling, Ghost is just flying. Like, that rookie point streak he had, that was very much, like, he was just everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, he just, he rides the emotional wave, and because of that, I, I wonder if he's the kind of player that this type of season hits him harder than it does most other people. Very yeah. well could. And I'm, it just it just drags him down because he gets so frustrated and like, you know, oh, everything's going bad. What do yeah. I do? And then it's just a mess. And it I mean, maybe that's just him. And maybe I maybe I'm making this up. I don't know. But I no. I see a lot of I see a lot of Claude Giroux from five years ago in Shane Goss' despair. Yeah, I, I was going to say, like, last year in the playoffs, you could see him yeah. getting inside of his own head. Yeah. And every With every game, he got worse and worse and worse. And I'm wondering if it's just like a carryover. Like, he does just get in his own head, and he and can't get out. I think a lot does go back to those playoffs because I go back to the beginning of this season when all the players were super positive, but all they had to say was, last year wasn't good enough. We need to fix what happened in those fucking playoffs. And those playoffs were an embarrassment. Like they yeah, got no, that, that was, that was, that's the mentality you wanted yeah. to have. No, it is, like but it was so much in their heads. Like I, I feel like it almost worked negatively. Like it wasn't okay. This is something we got to work towards. It was yeah. something that I don't know. I, I don't know about I that. Just, it, I, I think what worked against them was the fact that they were a defensive mess at the start of the year, and then the goaltending okay. fell apart. I, I don't think there was a ton of carryover from season to season. Right. The only, I mean, maybe I don't know. I. I I'm unconvinced on that, but I do believe that Shane Gossesbear is kind of having a crisis of confidence right now, and I just really hope he can figure it out. He should go talk to Carter Hart's guy. Yeah. They, all, they all should oh, go Seriously, talk to yeah. That dude should probably just be the coach. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> can we get him on the payroll like, uh, now? No, but really, <laughs> he should. Yeah. Since this ties in to Shane Gossesbear, this five-forward power play, like this is, I think, Charlie, you said this, like when you're having this kind of season, you can try anything. Yeah, we're have a five-defenseman yes. power play. Who gets, like, try anything at this point. Yeah, but, have Andrew McDonald on the power play. Nah, you know what? <laughs> for, for one game, I'd love to see They it. would straight up strip us of our draft pick. They'd be like, nope. No. You clear. This was too obvious it's, of a tank. It's, it's, like with the, it's like with the Sixers when they yeah. changed the rules yeah. because of the Sixers. Nope, this is too obvious of a tank. Um, the five-forward power play, two for eight through two games, so 25%. It's better than their I'll actual average, yeah, right? it's much better than their <laughs> It's like more than double their actual average, so I'll take it. Um, what do we think of it? Is it just kind of – is it something to think about using going forward? No. Or is it just kind of a throw shit at the wall because this season's a mess? In, I, my, in, in my head, it feels like it should be a thing that works well, but it never seems to. Like, I don't think it worked well for Florida either, did it? I don't think so. Yeah. It, to me, it's just that this is a direct reaction to Ghost not being able yeah. to do anything, but – when Ghost is running, you want Ghost on the power play. Like, exactly. I, like I don't care that he's a defenseman. He's one of your five best offensive players on the team. Yeah. So you want him on your power play. He's just not that guy right now. But is he really a defenseman? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some people want to turn him into forward. So positionless, hockey. positionless hockey, baby. He's just one of the five guys. Make him a you, rover. He just gives you. One of the five best chances to put the puck in the net. No, I, I'm, I'm 100% agree. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. I'm not opposed in theory to the concept of a 5 4 power play if that's the personnel you have. I just think that Shane, if Shane Gossesbear is on your team, unless you're like on the Olympic team, yeah. he's one of your five most offensively gifted players. So you put him on the power play. I don't care that he's a defenseman. He's better offensively than pretty much every four that's not named Claude Giroux and. 
Jake Vor- Jake Voracek. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Like probably. Yeah. I don't know who else I would say is better offensively from a raw like, talent full, standpoint than yeah. Shane Gossis. Full full skill set. Yeah. I would say those are the only two. Yeah. Um, I no, I forget where I was going. It is weird. Like on a team that does have Ghost and even a Sanheim who we believe is kind of that same. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That same ilk and a Provorov who has never been good on the power play, but at seventeen freaking goals last yeah, year. Yeah, he's got offensive like, ability. Absolutely. W- the fact that we have to do this, I think, more speaks to what kind of year it is than anything else. I don't think it's a long term. I don't. If it is, that's fine. I just kind of think you're you're not going to get the most out of Ghost. Then, if if we're going to go with a five forward power play, trade Ghost for something else. And I'm, mm-hmm. this isn't Bill yelling trade Ghost. It's just like I, I know. Hey, I know the point. You're we making. got other holes, and if we're not going to use him to his full ability, let's fill those. That's just Giggy. you know. Sorry. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Oh boy. I'm sorry. Uh, yep. I, uh, yeah. If we trade Ghost, I'm gonna riot. So there, there it is. Yeah, that's it. It would depend. I, I don't want it. I own two Gostas Bear jerseys. Just saying. So Nolan Patrick. Yeah. Another thing Steph alluded to earlier. Um, He's back, baby. He, he looks, had the, looks better. He had the four point night in like 14 minutes on uh, on Monday against the Wild. I thought he looked. I thought he just looked better, despite not showing up on the score sheet on Wednesday. He looks like he's coming around a bit. Just like he looks healthier or whatever he just looks more confident i don't know whatever it is he's noticeable and the thing that's bothered me most about nolan patrick you don't score you don't score shit happens like i was talking about william nylander earlier i want to steal him because his points totals are low and people are going to start freaking out about it you don't score you don't score i there have been so many games where i'm like yo did nolan patrick dress like i have to look at the toi to see no, if there he even played those, yeah. that's fair when he was out with injury i didn't know really when he came back mm-hmm. yeah like, I, I, I get that. I get that, but I'm going to defend Nolan Patrick until the day that I die. Oh, uh, you know, he's 20 years old. He's am... 20 years old, and a lot of people have given up on him. He's in his second season in the NHL. He's 20 years old, once again. 20 years old. He's younger than Carter Hart, who everyone is giving all of the leeway in the world to. He's 20 years old. He's a second overall pick. I understand wanting more production out of him. I also want more production out of him, but I don't think that there's more than three players on this team that I don't want more production out of. Yep. Yeah, no, and just just thinking about history, like second overall picks we gave up on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's back. <laughs> He's back. Look we at had, how well that worked out. We had to pay him more. Yeah. Like, you know, Let him go I, score I just, a bunch of goals. I just, like, and in the meantime, we had one of the worst defenses yeah. of all time. I, so I get it. Indeed. Like, <laughs> when, you, when you look at these guys coming to the league now, and you're just like, every other top freaking pick is a star. And the year we mm. move up in the lottery... It's neither of them are stars. I mean, Heesher's been fine, but it's not like either of these guys are stars. And you're looking at all the other top two picks like, are you kidding me? Um, I I am in no way. Like, I will also defend Nolan Patrick. It's also fair to say that, like, the Flyers shouldn't have had the second overall pick. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I mean, you can can be like, oh, man, we're so unlucky. You know, the, the one time we get a pick that high, he ends up being not the superstar. But, like, we were incredibly lucky to get the pick to begin with. Should have taken Patterson. Regardless... It's a second overall pick that gets dropped into your lap. You can't give up on him. He just has to turn out, and you just have to figure this thing out. I don't know why you would think that getting like why would getting rid of him in his second year even cross your mind? It's out people of, are it's, nuts, man. It makes people no sense. are fucking insane. 
Well, people are fucking insane. And that's just what it comes down to. Like, he has not even played a full NHL season. Yeah. Stop it. I, I, like I said, no, because well, he's been in, injured. Well, in I mean, com- in in, 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 right. Okay. He has not played one full 82 yeah, 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 yeah. game season. Um, like, just lay off him a little bit. Like, I understand you want more production out of him. I want more production out of everyone that is not named Claude Giroux. That's a fair point as well. Every single fucking player. It's my, and Carter Hart. My, you're good boy. I just, why doesn't the JVR Patrick Voracek line work? God, it really in should, In my right? head, it fucking works. I was so excited about that line, and it <laughs> like, just doesn't do in anything. In my head, it works. It doesn't. Like, if I were putting the lines together in a video game, yeah. that's what I would do. Yeah, and in the video game, they yeah. would probably score like 500 points. <laughs> I just wonder if it's the... Uh, if it's like the speed aspect. Okay. Like we talked about last week about how Voracek doesn't seem as fast as he used to be. Mm-hmm. JVR obviously isn't super fast. Mm-hmm. And Patrick isn't. I mean, he's fat. I think he's faster than JVR. Faster, yeah. But I don't fast. think he's like a real burner type. And the only way that kind of line can work is if you just basically spend the entire time on the cycle. And like Voracek doesn't isn't like a puck battle master. And. JVR really isn't either, and Patrick might become that, but he's 20 years old. Yeah. So I just don't know where the again. I I agree that it's a good line in theory because they're all in theory good players, but I don't know who does the stuff. Okay. You know what I like? I just Mm -hmm. you say that all the time about Giroux when you had him out there with like Hartnell and Simmons. I was like, who does the hockeying? Yeah. (laughs) It's just Giroux. Yeah. Like like who's who's bringing the puck up ice? Like I guess Patrick. Gets it to Voracek and Voracek brings the puck up ice. Then you get the puck into the zone. But if you don't score on that rush, then what happens? Then you're hoping that Voracek can win the puck battle and get it to JVR while Patrick is doing what? Like, I just, I don't know where. It's just the trio that maybe there's just not a lot of natural chemistry there between the three because they haven't really shown it. I don't know. It's, it's odd. But yeah, I mean, I'd love to see it work. But, you know, maybe. As, as shitty as this seems, because JVR is getting paid so much, like maybe JVR is just a third-line wing and a first-unit power play guy. That's what I think he and is. And then I he think, just yeah. racks up all of the goals in that usage. Yeah. And that's fine. Like, yeah, I mean, I guess it sucks that you know you look at the depth chart and it's like, man, JVR's on the third line. That sucks. But if he's finishing with 30 goals, who cares how he gets them? Is it Phil Kessel won a cup on a third line? Yeah. Like, that's how you do it. Yeah. In that matchup. Your first line, they're going to cancel each other out. Second line, we'll see. You win the third line battle, you could very well win the game. That's just how I look at it. And I have no problem with him being that because that's what I expected him to be when they signed him. He scored 36 goals last year. He played 14 minutes a night. This is who he is, and I have no problem with it as long as he has a functional center. That's it. He just needs a functional center because he needs to score goals. Yeah, and kind of to go back on this Patrick thing because this is something that – so Corey Schneider hasn't tracked much of the game's past – I think like mid-November this year, but it was something I noticed last year looking at, Pat- at Patrick's scoring chance data, and it's something I noticed again this year based on what Corey tracked. Like when 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 I saw Nolan Patrick in that first training camp, I thought you know this is a guy who yeah, he's a lot better of a passer than I thought he was. But if you look at his scoring chance data, he hasn't set up a lot of scoring chances. No. What he does is he he ends up being the guy who takes the shot. And I almost wonder if maybe having him and JVR on the same line is kind of redundant because they okay. both want to be the guy that takes the shot in the high danger area. And maybe like maybe the better JVR center, and not saying he's definitely going to make the team next year, but maybe the better JVR center is Morgan Frost because Morgan Frost is a pass Distributor. Guy. Yeah. Okay. Maybe that's the better fit long term. Yes. 
As long I as we don't trade him for Bobrovsky. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's my fear. It's like it's my fear in this tear between lose for Hughes and let's just see what happens. All right. Can I jump in on, and take that on a different tangent? Okay. Yes. <laughs> Remember when Chuck Fletcher was fired, hired, and there was this Are whole... you looking into the future? <laughs> <laughs> and when he was hired, and there was this whole fan-wide panic that this meant all of the prospects were going to be traded. All of the prospects were going to be traded immediately. You know, Jordan Wheel has been traded. That's it. That's all. So, yeah. like, Dale Weiss has been waived. These are all and things Dale Weiss has wanted. been waived. He, he is still Chucky one trade. So <laughs> let's let's calm down on saying he's going to trade Morgan Frost for Bobrovsky. Like just, he hasn't done any of the panic keep, things that if, anybody was worried about. If they keep winning, that's my yeah. fear. No they're, buying. they're not going no to. Yeah, they're I not good. I I, but, but, it, but here's the thing. If they keep winning, they're going to keep winning because Carter Hart keeps being good. And why would you then trade for Sergei Bobrovsky when you have a 20-year-old goalie who's carrying you on a miracle run to the playoffs? Charlie, that doesn't make any sense. I, I agree. It makes no sense. I just, if you saw my tweet thread about worst trades in Flyers history last night, this mental exercise fun. I did with myself. Um, why did you do that to yourself? Because I just, I wanted to know if JVR for sure. Shen was the worst one. And? Yeah. There are other really bad trades. There's lots of them. Like, most of them are bad. But circumstantially, like, I can't explain that one. Like, every other one, at least I can explain. That one, I can't find the logic in it. It was just like, hey, we have this 22-year-old who is already on pace for 21 goals a season, and we have to get rid of him because we, we think he's soft. Yeah, but yeah. That, that, that was the reason. That, that was, was the, the primary reason. Because reason. he's yeah. big and not like yeah. a Lindros power floor mm-hmm. floor. No one could deal with it. Yeah. I, I will always say the worst thing that happened The worst thing that happened to JVR in Philadelphia, at least the first go-around, we'll see how the second one, the worst thing that happened to JVR was when, on the very first day he got drafted, he was compared to John LeClaire. Yep. Worst thing. Uh, because then everybody's like, oh, he's the next John LeClaire, and he was the opposite stylistically yeah. from John LeClaire. He's tall! Aside from the fact but, they were big and they both yeah. scored goals. Then but stylistically, from, so different. Oh, no, wait, he's from... He's from here. Oh, he went to school up there. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah. and he's from New England. No, he went to school in New England. He's from Jersey, yeah, but yeah. yeah, and then LeClaire's obviously Vermont. So this question I want to ask now is kind of a visual thing, just a feel thing. Difference between Gordon and Hackstall. Like, what have you noticed? Because I'll give you a specific example of something I noticed last night. There was a moment late in the third on Wednesday. I believe there was around two minutes left. The Flyers are still sitting on a two-goal lead. Um Bruin had the puck behind his own net. There was a flyer in the slot crease area, just kind of there. You know, you're one, you're you're one four checker. As soon as he made, as soon as the Bruin made the pass to his teammate on the sideboards, another flyer. That's right, a second four checker late in the third with a lead came crashing down on him, and like actually pressured the guy on his zone exit. And I just thought, there's a little difference. They that's not turtling. No. That's not turtling. No, they not. gave up a goal shortly after, but they held on to win the damn game <laughs> and didn't play scared. And I like that. Well, the one thing that I've noticed is that Gordon calls timeouts. That was a great one the other night. He calls timeouts. He does. Was that Monday? Uh, yeah. He called that timeout? Yeah. Oh, my God. No, I, I asked him about that, and it was interesting the way he put it because he basically said that they asked him, you know, what did you see on the bench that made you think you had to call a timeout? And he basically said, honestly— 
I didn't think we were playing that bad, aside from the fact that we gave the two goals. And I looked at the bench. I didn't see the guys looking like they were panicking. But he said, he basically said, it was more of a preemptive time. I know how this he, goes. He was like, I know, I know what's going to happen next, and I just want to get out in front of it. And Dave Haxtell never did that. Never, he never. never got out in front of anything when it came to Because this team, as we saw last night, again, fell behind 2 nothing, came back to win. They can do that, and they do regularly. It's all about that third goal. If they get it, they are very much in the game. If they don't, it's going to be 6 nothing. Yeah. And I, I liked it. And I liked that he didn't last night and saw something different and was just like, no, nah, we can do this. Yeah, I actually, I was going to ask him. They were they were they were gonna have practice today. They canceled it, so I didn't obviously didn't Ooh. go. But uh, no, I mean no, I no reason. They, they they still had practice. They just it was all off ice stuff. Okay. They didn't bother going on the ice. But I, that was something I wanted to ask him today. Was they had a daytime slumber party? It's fine. There we go. But the one thing I wanted to ask him today was basically why did why did you not think to call the timeout this time when you were down to nothing as compared to Monday? Because it would have been. I, and I think with Gordon, as he gives good answers, so I think yeah. he would have actually been honest about it. Um, but maybe I'll ask him tomorrow. You know, okay. at the, at the I really escape. like that about him. He's actually forthcoming. I, I think that's a. You know, I think the way you were positioning this question was more on ice stuff. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm, just what I'm, I'm gonna notice. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say or general. I'm gonna say like off that. ice. The one thing that I've really liked, and this isn't just coming from him. This is coming from the players too. It seems like he's a much better direct communicator to the players. Yeah, and it doesn't take much to be a he's better a communicator. Human, that's, he's that's a human fair. man and not a robot, and that's, which is nice. That Dave, Dave Haxtell throughout his entire career has been told that he's not a good communicator. Yeah, he said that, right? Didn't, yeah. he, didn't he say that on the record one time? Yeah. That like that's something he needed to get better at was mm-hmm. communicating. Yeah. And, that came and it was up. like recently, but yeah. like that's followed him from North Dakota. Like he's a bad communicator. That came up a bunch in post game last night. Is people just saying, like, anecdotally, I don't think I heard players say, Oh, coach talked to me about you, you, X. You did it. Yep. And didn't. coach talked to me about what I did well. Coach took, talked nope. to me about what I needed to work on. Because it wasn't really And happening. suddenly you're hearing it. And so I'm guessing that means it didn't happen with Dave. It, it, I, I am almost 100% certain that with very, there were exceptions, obviously. It's not like he just didn't talk to the players, but Gordon. For Gordon, that's a central part of his mm-hmm. coaching style is direct conversations with players. And that's a major change because I just don't think that was part of Hack's thing. You know, Hack Hack would drop a guy down a line and not tell him why. And and, and that, that was... and I and, and whereas with, with Gordon, you know, why did you you know why did uh, why did JVR get dropped down in the fourth line that one game? Well, I had a long conversation with about it. I told him what my expectations are, and now ever since, every time JVR has a good game, now it's like, yeah, it all goes back to that conversation I had with Scott Gordon. Yeah, and um, I feel it when we talk about Ian Laperriere and how he's been able to last. And we talked, I think, last season or two, whenever it was, because they've had this horrendous penalty kill, which we'll get to in a second. Um, mm-hmm. Like, how does Laperriere still have a job? And it was kind of well. He gets to play good cop because yeah. Dave just, you know, puts a guy in the press box and he comes up and puts his arm around him and says, this is what's up. You know, you're a good player, Ghost. You're a good player. But these are the, like you said, expectations of what and all that. And so that was kind of LaPerriere's other job. Like his job title was PK coach. But really it was like. Cool uncle. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I just that's a good way. To put and that's just I'm trying to look because the team they had that bad stretch and everyone's like, oh so yeah, firing Hackstall was the right idea. They're even worse. It's like well, first of all, 
go back a year and they lost 10 in a row under Hackstall. It's not like this is unprecedented. Mm. And two, like, when LaViolette got hired, look at their record for the first, like, month. Yeah, they were bad they to start. Stunk. Right? Man. It, they were further out of it than when they fired Stevens and, like, had to go on that crazy run at the end yeah. because of that period. Yeah, they clicked. Like, they clicked in, like, February, if I remember Yeah, correctly. that might just be what happens. Like, you get that immediate boost and then the dip and then it's about how you respond and it seems as if they're responding to Gordon at least right now. Yeah, I don't. The thing with Gordon is that I, I really don't envision a scenario where he's the coach. No. Like, I just don't, I don't think, it, they would have had to kill it from the start and him just take them on this miracle run for him to be the coach. Yeah. So I don't think that's a feasible option. I think he gets that. Like, I think he's fully, he's fully cognizant of the way this is going to go. But at the same time, like, I would have absolutely zero issue if he stays in the organization. Same. same. Like, if he, whether you send him back to the AHL or whether he's your new PK coach, like, I am totally cool with him being around because I, I, I see the value he provides in terms of communication to players. Yeah, I like him a lot. Have we given up on Knobloch? Yes. I, I, I mean, I'm mostly indifferent, but I feel like the power play has been mostly awful, and he doesn't seem to be doing anything to fix that, so I'm wondering why I would value him. I, That's fair. Yeah. I need to see him coaching like if he were to go coach the phantoms like that rumor that came out yeah yeah like i would like to if they believe he has nhl head coach potential yeah maybe he's just a bad power play coach yeah maybe power play coaches and his thing and he does other like there are a lot of different it is incredibly hard to to coach when you're up a player (laughs) (laughs) i I understand how can you possibly come up with a strategy i understand how it's difficult when you have the competitive advantage. Yeah, I, listen, I'm not saying he's listen. doing a good job. I'm, just, I'm not saying he's doing a good job. I'm just saying I'm maybe just this isn't fun. what he does. Like, I, I don't know. He doesn't do good power But plays. let's talk about this penalty kill because they are, in fact, still, oh, their total is bad. Their average on the season still pretty bad. I think they're, like, all the way up to 27th. In the past 19 games, they have killed 47 of 57 power plays for 82.4%. That number would be in the top 10 if it was their full season total. Um, they killed a major last night. They killed three straight penalties in the third period to hold Are on we to win. I'm going to talk about that major because. See you, Yuri. Yuri. Yeah. Because woof, that Bye, was buddy. a bad hit. I think it was assessed. Like I don't need a suspension for that hit. Well, I, I guess if they haven't, the if they haven't announced it yet, I assume it's not going to get one. They're yeah, off till Saturday, so I guess they yeah, have time. Saturday, but yeah, but don't they usually like? Don't, it's it's usually doesn't usually leak after. by the next day yeah. that it's Maybe. like, hey, he's getting a hearing. Yeah, I, I don't think he will. But. Because I think five in a game, like I don't always need supplemental discipline if you assessed it properly on the ice. That was a five I mean, in a game. Point. Yeah. That was a five in a game boarding. He got it, so that's fine. And he's not a repeat offender. Yeah. It was just a really yeah, it was bad just a stupid hit. It was freaking very bad. Why, dude? You had his numbers. The whole, I, it was it was, just a, <laughs> I, uh, it was a really yeah, bad He's a bad hit. player and he made a bad play. That's that's the explanation for it. But, I mean, if he gets suspended for the rest of the year, cool. Totally fine. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for doing us the favor, Lee. The law never catches up to Yuri. <laughs> <laughs> He's 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 an outlaw. He's the I last. He's an outlaw. He's the last boy. real outlaw. Uh, oh but yeah, God. this penalty kill. Uh, what what's going on? How come they can do it all of a sudden after four years of not being able? Like five years, however how long it's been. Like Gordon's system is a little bit more aggressive. Yeah, yeah. and Which and I that's like. what he was coaching in the AHL, and he brought it with him. They're a little more aggressive, and I think that shit was it on this show. It was either on this show or on Flyperbole. Um, somebody mentioned like the team has discovered that maybe they can score when they're on the penalty kill. 
Mm-hmm. Well, they were this year. They were doing. I think from the start of this year, they were trying to create more. Like Lawton's been been creating stuff on the penalty kill all year. When they were able to make that, Scott Lawton is having a killer season. He's been very like good. when nobody yeah. else is. When, He's been very good. When they're able to make that initial, they get the cutoff at the blue line and actually have possession of the puck. Like the winger will get his head up and look for the streaking center. They did do that a lot, but I think mostly like they weren't pressuring the entry nearly enough. Um, now they are, and Scott Lawton kind of talks about it. This is from last night's NHL.com recap. He said, the biggest thing is when they enter the zone, we're not giving them any time. Uh, our defensemen are pressuring on their forwards. When they're getting to pucks, everyone's on the same page. Everyone's jumping on them, and we're not letting them set up. And that's yeah. always that's been the issue. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, that, so- the pressure idea, and we saw it like it was a little play, but it was just Limblom standing up at the blue line, made a strip, and cleared the puck. I was like, we did not see that nearly enough this year, and it was, mm-hmm. oh, look, a good player made a good play. Yeah, I like Limblom a lot on the PK. Me but, um, no, it, Gordon actually gave some some good stuff after the game about the PK. Um, and I know I'm biased here because I'm, I've been anti-Laperriere for of course. for quite what? a long time, and I, I try to... I, I will acknowledge that Laperriere, over the last couple of months, he's done a better job, and I did not think he was going to turn it around, and he did, but... Noting my bias, I do believe a lot of this improvement is Gordon, and and here's my it would make sense. Here's my ex- explanation as to why. So, remember how remember the whole the whole visually better comment, and yeah. the big thing was like, well, we're better. <laughs> you know, the the uprise the uprise pressure is better. We're good on the entry. You know, everything is better. And there was some truth to that, but the big problem with the PK was in-zone, defensive zone coverage. It was horrible. And it was because they just weren't, they were, were just sitting back. Well, the terrible had it on five on five. Yeah, so. but, but, but like, the up the up-ice pressure was good. Yeah. And then even on the entry itself, they were breaking up a lot of entry attempts. It was just the minute they the other team got into the zone and got set up, it was over. And... Gordon specifically last night said that that's what he changed. Here was his quote. It was, once the opposing power play does get set up, the trigger points for our penalty killers as far as when to go attack the puck carrier and when not to go, we made some subtle tweaks on that I thought was something that would probably shut down some of the things we were giving up when I first got here. So the way I read that is basically that like Gordon came in and was like, Ian, when they get set up, why are you just not doing anything? Right, and that's another thing I noticed. Waving last, your sticks around. Yeah, another thing I noticed last night, like in the left wing corner, uh, puck carrier had it, and it's uh, above the goal line but below the circle, like right in that little area there, and. The guy didn't have time and space, and forever he's standing in that spot, and we're just letting him go as if our power play doesn't function on that being, like, oh, yeah, give Claude Giroux time and space, see what happens. Like, And we did that. We would just let that guy do his thing, and last night, guy has the puck right there, and someone hit him. And I went, that is how you kill a goddamn penalty because time and space is the key to everything in hockey, and they already have more guys than you, so you have to take a couple of chances. Mm-hmm. I know you don't want to leave someone open, but we do that anyway so pressure the damn puck carrier oh it just blows my mind sometimes but they they have figured it out like i said 83 almost 83 percent over the last 19 games and that'll that'll get it done they the penalty kill won them the game last night it was it was carter well, yeah carter hart sean Gattieri, and the penalty kill yeah. but but yeah like that's why there's there's kind of a thing where it's like well is ian laperriere going to save his job again by this <laughs> second half and my thing is that look Can't. like 
Um, I, I've never been in favor of outright firing Ian LaPerriere. I just want him reassigned to another job in the organization. The Flyers way. My thing is that if someone's going to keep their job out of this whole deal, I think it should be Gordon, who yeah. is no longer the head coach, just making the penalty kill coach. Yeah, I just want the next guy to be like a really good coach, and he gets Yeah, he Yeah, he, he can bring in his own guys. I that's want him fair. to get I mean, whatever he yeah, wants. Yeah, if, if you bring in Q, like Q has his penalty kill coach, and that's just who he's going to Yeah, hire. if his nephew and son-in-law are on the <laughs> staff, I'm not going to question yeah. him. <laughs> I don't know what time we started, fam. I think we're out of time. We might be. Oh, we have two, two minutes. minutes. Two Ooh. minutes, all right. All right, so what do we have left? I guess we just have this thing I was maybe thinking about saving for next week. Oh. Um, but let's start it now. JVR for Shen. That's the worst trade in history, right? It's got to be. Well, in Flyers history. Flyers I don't history. think it's the worst <laughs> no, trade in actual Hall for history. Larson, I don't think. <laughs> it's it's not close, that. though. I read through it's your It's like mini Hall for Larson. It's mini Hall for Larson because... It's Hall for Larson light. Well, JVR is yeah. not an MVP. Well, Shen, Shen is worse than Larson, yeah. but JVR is worse than Hall. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd say JVR for Larson light. Yeah, yeah. I think it's fair. It's it's woof. Yeah. Like, it was very woof. The Justin Williams one stings, but it made sense at the time. Like, Danny Markov, you needed defensemen. You had none, and that team could have won a cup. So you risk the future. You risk the future for the present when you can win a cup. I understand it. Patrick Sharp, a lot of extenuating circumstances. I can see how you screwed that up. They just misevaluated. They just swung in a miss on, on Patrick mm-hmm. Sharp. Plus, he was pretty old when they traded him. So I, I can— he, I It can was so- a week before his 20- yeah. I birthday. can sort of understand why they thought like this just may be who he is. Yeah. Really, what it boiled down to was he just didn't click with his coach. But yeah, we have Hitch. We have yeah. all. The, there was just extenuating circumstances. It's a swing and a miss, but I understand it. Like I, the Lindros trade, to me, still makes sense. Give Lindros Sackick and Wah, and we win at least two. I mean, like, you you got Eric Lindros yeah. for a decade. No, yeah, like, it was it's yeah, still I, the right thing. Yeah, to do, I mean, Pierre Forsberg would have been awesome in, in a Flyers uniform for the entirety of his prime. But like, we got to watch Eric Lindros for a decade. Yeah. That was pretty cool. And I just there's uh, there's a bunch of bad ones, but man, this was he was 22 and paced for 21 goal seasons back to back, and we were just like, nah, we need yeah, but he was Braden's soft, older though, brother. Fam. We need Braden's older brother. <laughs> <laughs> And then Brayden didn't break out until we traded Luke. That's the hilarious that part. Was, I mean, he bullied I him. He did okay, but, you know. He wasn't, yeah, but then he became like a legit 25-goal scorer. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah, he had his big year after after Luke Shek got traded. Yeah, that trade Because was... all they were doing was going to restaurants and eating dessert so, together. <laughs> <laughs> the Desi platter. It's pinned on my Twitter. Oh my I have a whole thread about the worst trades in Flyers history. I focused on my, like, lifetime because sure, I don't sure. know. I don't know. I don't know. But so if you're an old You don't know. Out, yeah. If you're, know. if you're an old head out there, I say that in all due respect, hit me up. If there's one worse from like the 70s or 80s uh, than JVR for Shen, let me know. I think that's all the time we have left on BSH Radio, fam. We did it. We done? Sure. Way to go, everybody. I got nothing else. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching us live and hanging out on Facebook. Uh, This was a good time. We'll be back with all sorts of stuff for the All-Star break. I don't know what we're doing, but I think it's going to be We're going to get wild next yeah. week. It is going to be wild. So uh, <laughs> that's it for the Carter Hart Appreciation Hour. Carter have a great, Hart, do, 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 do. Have a great week, Hart, everybody. Do, 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 do.
baseball. Truly, it is awful. I'm Phillies writer Justin Clue. Join me every week, along with John Stolnes, Liz Rocher, and Dr. Trevor Strunk, as we discuss all the ways the Phillies have hurt us on our podcast, Hidden Season, as well as historical anecdotes and raw emotional ramblings on our other shows, Continued Success and The Dirty Inning. Subscribe to The Good Fight, and you'll get conversations with insiders, analysis of breaking news, and stats, stats, stats. Together, we'll survive whatever baseball can throw at us. I'm Michael Kist of Bleeding Green Nation, and I invite you, gentle listener, to join us for the best analysis of the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles in the business. BGN Radio provides you with the most informative preview shows, and the Kist and Solak show dives deep into all the schemes and X and O details you could ever want. Plus discussions with the industry's brightest minds, including former NFL players and press conferences from the Eagles coaching staff to keep you up to date and informed every step of the way. Subscribe to Bleeding Green Nation today. Fly, Eagles, fly.